So we have Tyler Nelson with us uh, with Flyers Foundation. Thanks for joining us today, Tyler. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, having me come out. Yeah, and uh, and you and I, oh, my kids have been doing Flyers. I think we're on our fourth year, fourth or fifth year in Flyers. So kind of got connected. I don't even remember how we initially found it. Like we we're, I think, looking around to get our kids uh, started into something and then connected with you, connected with sponsorship, and then now participating in multiple ways here and getting kids going. But how long has, so for those of you listening, Flyers is the youth bike club for Flagstaff. There are some, are there other, as far as spanning, I'm, I'm probably loading too many questions all in one for this year. <laughs> no worries. As far as age-wise, it's starting at Strider, like uh, or or balance bike, right? yeah, push bikes. Um, push bikes at like what two or three? Yeah, two years old. At two years old, is there any other bike program that you know out there doing that? Um, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> to answer, so not in the um as comprehensive of a fashion that we do it in. Yeah. Um, you know, covering all the different age groups from push bikers at two all the way up to high school. Yeah. Um, there's very there used to be very few programs even in the country that would get the younger kids. But now actually a lot of the FUSD schools got a Strider program. Um, there was some funding available where they're able to get grant funds to get like the push bike programs in their schools. Sure. And so there's a lot of school that have it in the PE programs. Yeah. So now there's actually a lot of schools that are doing the push bike program through that. Okay. Which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of what we do, like offering every single age group all the way from pushers up to high school, there's very few programs like in the whole country that do what we do. Durango Devo is another one at Durango. They do it. They, we kind of modeled ours loosely yeah. after them. Yeah. But yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's so much. Like in, uh, with, you, know, we were, you and I were talking like flyers, uh, that this fall season has just launched. And then when I, you know, I was just on the sponsorship end and then, being part of like coaching aspects and seeing behind the scenes and like there is so much that you guys are doing and, and organizing and coordinating and uh, from the volunteerism to paid positions and, and you know, you got college kids coaching and all sorts of different things. And um, what made you want to bite off on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't exist in that, in that way at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really just started, um, it was kind of like really a funny story. Ultimately, it's just like you as I was a dad with two, I have two boys yeah. um, and raising two boys in Flagstaff at the time were, I want to say five and seven years old. Yeah. And so you do what parents do. You look for programs, put your kids in and what's out there, soccer and all the other stuff. But we like to mountain bike. And so I was like, is there any kind of mountain biking program we can get them into? Yeah. And there, of course, there was nothing back then. This was seven years ago, there was hardly any youth programs in the country at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, you know, got to Google and did the whole Google search thing. And yeah, the only thing I saw Durango Devo come up and I was like, and they were doing that push bikers all the way up to high school. Okay. And they were about 10 years old at the time. So they kind of have 10 years in front of us. And I was like, man, that would be really cool to have something like what they were doing was just blew my mind. I thought it would yeah. be so awesome. And Flagstaff is so perfect for it. There's trails, accessible all over town yeah um the geography is very similar and so it was just kind of started out as fun with my kids just playing around we should start a program like this and and then we started toying around with names and 
And I was a pilot at the time, so I'm a big acronym person. <laughs> so, so I came up with like flyers, Flagstaff, or Flagstaff Youth Riders, flyers. And then once we kind of settled on a name, we're like, wow, that's really cool. It sounds cool. <laughs> you uh, got to do it. <laughs> and yeah. that's really how it happened. So my, yeah. we started a group with um, my two boys and then some of their friends. It was a group of seven kids Kay. in the summer of 2016. Okay. Um, and we got them shirts. They're like the, you know, print on shirts. We did our own shirts and had sure. flyer shirts and everything. And then the word got around. That was like, that was really cool. Like, it, well, Facebook was around. So we put posts on Facebook. And then before you know it, everyone's asking like, are you going to have another program? Are you going to have more stuff? Are you going to do it next year? Yeah. And that's been the story ever since. Are you going to have more? Are you going to do this? <laughs> and it's just yeah. been this constant like growing organically to, to really feed the demand because people are like, Oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that was like, yeah, one of the biggest challenges when we first found out about it is like a good luck getting in. Right. But you guys have worked to expand that and work to add. Like, so you actually, even this season are, um, with just starting, you actually, do you feel like you met the demand pretty evenly or do you feel like it still, still has some room to grow? I feel like we got really close this year. Okay. Yeah. Like this is kind of the closest year maybe. Yeah. Well, Really since COVID, that's when um, it changed dramatically. Before then, we were kind of putting out enough stuff that like the little network of friends and people that knew about us, I feel like could get in for the most part. Yeah. We'd maybe have a small wait list. And if it was small enough, I could be like, well, maybe I could do like one more day and we'd like make it sure, happen sure. somehow. And then when COVID hit, it was like, wow, this is different. Um all the ball sports were shut down. Soccer it wasn't even going. Like, everything yeah. was shut down. Yeah. Um, and parents, obviously, were kind of, like, scared. We weren't sure how to navigate the situation. And we were like, well, mountain biking is very socially distanced. And, and I think everyone gravitated to that. And there was just a dramatic shift. All of a sudden, in COVID, like, it was just, like, overnight. I was like, wow, what happened? We, there's no way that we can accommodate all the people that want to be in our program now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, was it a bit of a double-up effect, too, in the sense of your program was maturing and getting more out there, as well as then that, that shift of you know, activities during the pandemic? Um, to the extent, I guess, now with ball sports and everything else happening right now, have you seen some attrition, or have you just has it stabilized or plateaued a little bit, or growth? Where, where does it sit now? Yeah, I think the jury's still out on that, for sure. Um, this, because it's been that too, we've increased our capacity so significantly, um, that, and then back in, so in 2019, so I was doing it part-time before I used to be a pilot and I would fly. And when I was spending time in airports or airplanes or hotels, I would kind of work on flyers and everything else that I was doing. And then I took a leave of absence and in 2019 I was like full-time flyers. So I was able to completely dedicate to flyers and really ramp up capacity then. So that's kind of what started to be able to offer um, a lot more than we previously were. So it was kind of that and COVID all coalescing at the same time, so to speak. Um, But yeah, this year we really increased our summer programs. um, And then in fall, we really increased them like, right what we're we're in our first week now of fall programming and so typically so last week um we actually had a number of open spots which has never happened in three years Um, okay you know like the week prior to actually launching we never had open spots and we actually had a whole bunch of them and we're okay actually kind of scratching our head a little bit like huh this is interesting what happened here because okay and we yeah we've increased demand and our capacity and so 
I think the jury's still out on where the capacity demand equation lies. Sure, sure. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to say in the sense of you see certain trends, right, with with all the sorts of different sports, right? And they have their high, like when I was, you know, like snowboarding was up and coming, like everybody was snowboarding, right? Yeah. And so, or wakeboarding. My friend sent me some, I'm a big wakeboarder. Yeah. And now that surfing's super huge. Like my friend was making fun of me, like you're, you're, you're just like the double skis now. Like no one does that anymore. <laughs> and so, but mountain biking, um, where does mountain biking sit on that curve right now? Like it doesn't seem like we're in this mouth massive growth cycle. Like it's more on this sustained cycle. Is that kind of, I mean, some industry experts would probably have a lot more to say about it. But what's your feel on that? Yeah, that's a good question because um, I think what really revolutionized the sport and the uptick um, was through the youth mountain biking in NICA in specific, um, okay. the National Interscholastic Cycling Association, and yeah. them really expanding and getting into all these different states and all these different high schools and middle schools across the country. I mean, yeah. if you look at NICA numbers, they're just off the charts of yeah. getting youth in, in mountain biking, and it's super accessible. Like, there's no tryouts. Anyone can be on the team. Anyone can race. And so that model, um, you know, a lot of people um, jumped into that model, and they just made it so much more accessible. And at being at all the schools, right? Yeah. So if you look at what they've done in their participation rates, and we have our own version in um, in Arizona. It's now it's ACA, Arizona yes. Cycling Association, because some of these states have kind of broken off and formed their own thing yep, yep. for various reasons. And they have similar growth profile. Like when we started maybe six or seven years ago, they're like a few hundred kids, and now they're like thousand plus kids. Okay. Um, and those numbers are starting to, yeah, basically did this like, shoo, and now they're kind of hovering at that top level. The growth numbers aren't as astronomical as they used to be. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think we're at that phase where it's like, okay, the, the massive growth has happened, and now, and now what? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of other s things happening on the pro side of stuff, like gravel is getting super popular, and gravel events in the U.S. are super popular, and there's actually pros that can race those, and some can make a living where that didn't used to be okay, the case. Wow, yeah. So there's more of just like a, maybe you can do this, and like a few from the States will, maybe you can go to the Olympics, and that's about the only thing you could do. There might be more opportunities on the top end, too. So that will help. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure. Definitely. Well, and this, yeah, and you think about it too, there's an evolution at just, at least anecdotally, um, and just seeing also what's, like you're talking specifically, you know, there's mountain biking as a whole, but then specifically to youth. And then me being that, like, I am that, uh, that gear dad, right? Yeah. But like, you know, I always, I want to get my kids out, like, you know, on, on the sports and things that I love, like ASAP, and then giving them my wife always just makes fun of me. I'm like, it's a gear family situation where yeah. like, she's like, why are you buying me this stuff kind of thing? And so, <laughs> where, you know, I always want to make sure they have like full capa you know, capacity to do their best on stuff. And so I've always been, you know, as I've watched, like even just the technology available to kids too. Yeah. Like as, as bikes have evolved and then that's trickled down to, you know, smaller sizes in, in, in what's available to youth now at all sorts of different levels and budgets is pretty phenomenal. Like, I don't think that's existed ever before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's also, you know, it plays into it, right. That people are looking, there's demand for, especially on that higher end too, right. There is demand for higher end, you know, and racing performance and stuff in youth packages as well. Yeah. I mean, just the bikes out on the market now are so much different, so much more widespread and youth bikes in particular making youth specific 
bikes with yep. geometry um, that makes youth more capable on bikes, um, e-bikes, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, it's, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't bite that bullet with my, with, with my kids. Um, the wife was excited about that one. But, um, yeah, my kids are trying, trying to push me on a 20-inch e-bike <laughs> <laughs> like, do they make those oh Come my install. gosh Come really install. oh no it's a it's a 24 it's a 24 oh wow That's... and they're like dad we'll be able to ride with you and i was yeah yeah the price tag was a little much um so. yeah <laughs> That's like the, you can learn to pedal like I did. <laughs> so that's actually another interesting piece of the equation. Um, we're finding out too, as we're, cause we have a lot of school based programs. Yeah. Um, we're in the schools and we wanted to try and do that to have our programs be more accessible because yeah. it's a big hurdle to buy all this equipment and yeah. um, economically, fundamentally, logistically, sure. it's super challenging for a lot of families. And so we've made a point to try and make it more accessible by being in schools with all the equipment, free yeah. programs. And what we're finding is there's a lot of kids at all like ages that you wouldn't have even think even middle school level that don't even learn how to ride a bike anymore. And I think it's because there's all I think it's maybe like one little theory or surmising sure, sure. kind of thing yeah. is that there's just all this other qu equipment out there. There's scooters, there's motorized scooters, there's one wheels, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah. kids get a hold of those. Maybe they don't, you know, because they can learn how to ride a bike used to be the like now you got freedom you could cruise you can sure, go around everywhere sure. and now there's all these different modes of transportation that are available to them to kind of get out and cruise around so yeah I don't, it's interesting how many kids don't learn how to ride a bike as much as they used to now yeah no and it's 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 amazing i don't know not to fanboy out on it too much is just uh one quick anecdotal story to where you know, my mom, um, so they were in at the time, so it's the several years back, so early 60s, and uh, my dad's a big cyclist, and my mom was, you know, hadn't had a bike for a while, and was thinking I'd like to get back into biking and, like, go, you know, just go on errands and things and ride this bicycle around. And they're, they're up in Utah where it's, you know, fairly similar. Um, I lived in the Netherlands for a little bit, and biking's awesome when it's flat, right? Yeah. You can go everywhere. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. you know, but in this mountain climate, it's a little different. Um, and so, anyways, so my dad was, like, tr looking at cycling bikes and different things, like, trying to find some used, you know, Craigslist bike for it. And, I'm like, and we went to the bike store, put her on, uh, so she, and she hadn't ridden for a while, and threw her on, do you know the brand Gazelle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, beautiful bikes, beautiful yeah. bikes, especially when they're out of the Netherlands. They're from the Netherlands. So, oh, yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, and they had this Gazelle e-bike. And, like, I just, I'll never forget when she, like, cruised down the street and back. And she, and it's just, like, that same, like, you're talking about when kids get on a bike and they can ride it, and it's freedom, yeah. right? And it's fun, and it's enjoy, and it's, like, this, it enhances your abilities, and it's just, like enjoyable all at the same time with a little bit of exercise and perspiration. Right. Yeah. But the e-bike took care of the, you know, some, some age gap there. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it reminded me of like, and it was funny cause then we took that, we, we ended up working the deal out, getting the bike and, uh, and she, I mean, was riding it all the time. But when we took it home, we had everyone like my, you know, we had a lot of family over. So adults, men and women jumping on this e-bike cruising it up the hill and oh, just yeah. like grins ear to ear yeah right and not not to not not, not just focusing on the e-bike side of things but biking in general just really brings out um it just brings out a happiness in people like a joy yeah yeah and that's 
Yeah, what there's a lot of debate on e-bikes and stuff. Yeah, but so not going too far on the e-bike. Well, no, I here. actually yeah. I think that's one of the really cool things about them is they can experience all that really cool pieces of biking. Um, maybe it is actually more it makes it more accessible because my my mom got one and um, and we've been on trips on vacations where we're like we want to ride but. Um, maybe the trails aren't close or whatever. Sure, and someone sure. will just be like on the corner, depending on where you're, you know, with a little selling a bunch of e-bikes or renting a bunch of e-bikes. Yeah. And we've like picked them up and then we go on this huge ride that we otherwise wouldn't have because we can cruise so fast yeah. and the kids love it. And it's fun. Yeah. So it's just a different mode of being on a bike. So I don't know. Absolutely. But, but really going into that, like, do you see that, especially with kids that aren't access, don't have the access to this, Right. So in my mom's example of, of her age and then the e-bike solution, but with other kids that in your school programs that don't have access to the equipment, you know, again, and some of it can be economically restrictive. Um, do you see kids really latch on to that and, and, and feel that experience, that joy of biking, or is it, if they're not so connected to it, is it kind of frustrating a lot? Um, yeah, I would say we see it because we, um, like this summer we did a program a summer camp program at a, our bike, the bike park at our, the bike park at yeah, Puente. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's all different kinds of kids with all different kinds of abilities ranges. And some of them didn't even know how to learn to ride a bike. And so um, we're teaching them how to learn to ride essentially. And you could see there's, there's still like, it's the coolest thing in the world to learn. That's never going to go away. I don't yeah, think to, yeah. to learn how to ride a bike and all of a sudden, you know, you try and you struggle and then all of a sudden you're pedaling and you take off. Um, I don't know. There's just something that's super cool about that. Cause it fires everything like overcoming the challenges, getting out of yeah. your comfort zone, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to, yeah, that's always going to be really beneficial and Super huge, I think, for sure. And, and I think it's I don't good. know if I answered your question. No, you did. Totally did. Well, and I think it's good to, and I, and I know when I was sitting in some, going in that coaching realm when I had to sit through all of these different, uh, uh, well, to sit through orientation where I was learning more of this, like, history and back end. So, um, you know, I'll ask you because you're the pro here on it. But it was interesting to me, too, is for people to understand this is not a race program. Yes, there's racing associated with it, but there's there's other deeper aims of the program in general. So maybe if you want to speak to a moment of like why you created the program that way and, and why is that, it, it seems like it's a, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it seems like there's some core heart in that, right? On why you did what you did. Um, and that this isn't just some hardcore like race program. So yeah, what are the aims of the flyers then? And then with all the different things that we already talked about with school programs and this whole pedal to, to high school, like how does that, how's that embodied by them, the program in, in general there yeah and that's yeah good that you brought that up because some people actually think that we're a race program and like whoa we're so like not even we'd never even had a race team for the first few years of flyers yeah. and we our middle school team is the only team we've had up until this year we started another kind of racing team but 90 plus percent of flyers is completely non-racing and even the middle school team they don't have to race so yeah um it's really all about like right now in particular um i think biking like like we said learning to ride a bike and everything about riding in general is everything that kids should be doing need to be doing especially in this time frame when we look at our kids and they're on devices and there's all these like 
stimuli and parameters set up that they don't do everything that flyers and riding a bike provides, right? Um, and it's amazing too, like just getting outside, getting active, getting out of your comfort zone, overcoming challenges. Like that's what it's all about is getting kids, providing the space for kids to do all those things that are super valuable life lessons you're going to take away forever. For me, it's all about like the more uncomfortable you can get and get out of your comfort zone and overcome challenges like the more equipped you you are to deal with everything right and especially as a as an adult and if we can hit kids when they're young too and just provide that and oh it's so many things i could go on for it's an outlet too i mean school and whatever there's just so much craziness happening social media there's just it's basically just it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> just getting away from all that stuff and into everything that's good, providing that space. You can be on a bike, connect with nature, um, and just get away from all the chaos that is out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, outside of our monsoon rain season that we're dealing with right now, yeah. it is like Flagstaff is such a great environment for it. Where Which, you know, I mean, you, you think, you know, it's, it's, at least to me, um, Flagstaff is a major mountain biking hub, right? And, uh, and you know, especially like with Sedona, like Sedona is like a mountain biking mecca, yeah. right, right there. And uh, even though the program doesn't necessarily <laughs> travel down there just yet. Um, yeah. but, uh, but in going through, like for kids to be able to get out there and experience what is a significant part of Flagstaff. And, uh, and what I've found in my experience is the program meets people, where, meets kids where they're at. Yeah. Right. Um, like all the coaches and even in our little program, when I first started and we we're doing the middle school boys program just this last spring and we do that mild, medium, spicy yeah. situation. Yep. So for those mm-hmm. listeners, it, and basically, you know, when I thought it was fun, cause you know, you have kids that, you know, we'd all come together and then they, they choose which group they wanted to ride with the faster, the middle or the, uh, more paced group. And, uh, yeah. and I thought it was kind of fun sometimes that some kids, you could tell that they just had a crap day at school. Yeah. Right. And they'd come and they had a crap day at school and they're like, I- I'm not riding the spicy group this time. And, and it was cool. It was cool. It's like, Hey, come have a chill, more chill ride. Enjoy, just enjoy nature and, and enjoy being on your bike. And then other times, you know, they'd come there. That same kid would say, Hey, I want to challenge myself. I'm, I'm going to try and they'd ask me like, coach, you think I could do this group? And you're like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was, it was just, it's really cool. It's been cool. And the, both that experience and then seeing my, my kids were going through their coaching experiences where they've never come home and said like, Oh, coaches, you know, tell me I was doing a terrible job or anything or tell, you know, yeah. it's, it's just very much me and the kids were that. And so I think it's just, yeah, super positive. I can't say enough good things about it, but, um, yeah. Anything else you want to say on the aims there? Well, yeah. I mean, that's another, I mean, you could bring up another point you could go on and on about, like, I could never stop about like why I think it's so cool and all the benefits. And just to me, that's pretty big is meeting kids where they're at at whatever level. Um, and there's always going to be massive levels and like, don't get me wrong. Like I love ball puck sports. When I was a kid, I was infatuated with them. That's all I ever did. I played baseball up through to high school. Um, but it's totally different. Um, you're like, you play a certain position, you're kind of, you're in a certain space, you may or may not play much in the game, like, a lot of it is kind of outside of your control to some sense, and what we do in flyers and mountain biking in general, it provides a completely different space, where it's entirely upon your control, you always get to ride, Um, and no one's on the bench, no one's on the bench, Um, if you're on a racing team, you can race or not, Um, 
yeah. And, and then as coaches, you can tailor, like we said, mild, medium, spicy, you can tailor each practice to hit each kid where they're at, um, for all to, to hit all the different skill levels. So there's a lot more optionality there. Um, and it's just a totally different space too yeah. than a lot of other stuff. So exactly. Well, and and so from the so going back to you know, kicking into this full gear, full time, how often are you writing? <laughs> um, it depends on the time of year. Right now it's quite a bit because of the teams. Yeah. Um, so I coach the the Flyers uh, middle school team race team or team race team middle school team yeah. <laughs> not race team um i coach them one day a week now in the past I've, it's been more and i'm also coaching with flag high i coach with them okay a couple days a week ish depending okay. on my schedule so now in this season it's you know just with riding as a coach it's quite yeah. a bit and these are generally fast kids so we're riding pretty quick yeah my, my kiddos on the flag high team as a freshman so okay um i'm having a lot of fun riding with them for the first time this year Gotcha. So in season, it's quite a bit. I make I try and make a point to ride a lot myself because yeah. if I don't ride pretty consistently, my family um, doesn't necessarily enjoy me as much. So I, <laughs> I'm the person that needs to get out and ride to, <laughs> like yeah. you know, to, to make sure I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. I and I like to race myself, too, just to put I'm like I said, when I was a kid, I was competitive and did, played a bunch of different things. And okay. I was an adult. I like to not only just be competitive, if I put something on the calendar, it's like, okay, yeah. I got to make sure that I'm, I'm covering my bases here. I'm getting out and riding. I'm staying in shape. All yeah. Those, all those kinds of things. Keeps so. in good focus of balance life. And that's, again, another, another rad thing about it too, is that it's, it's something that these kids, uh, you know, like I played football in high school. I, I am not, I am not padding up or haven't padded up in, in, you know, over a decade. Yeah. And so it's just, it, you know, loved it, loved it, loved the experience, learned a lot um, just through that sports culture and competitive, you know, sports, but, uh, and team sport aspect, but uh, um, biking, you'll do forever. Yeah. And that's right? the other big thing is trying to just teach, not teach, but try and just instill this like, all the benefits that we talked about is a lifelong endeavor and you can just, I mean, enjoy it more and more as you get older. I've yeah. still up until I hope now, but right. I had a little clavicle fracture. So I'm, but I was getting faster and faster still as I aged, which was pretty yeah. neat. doesn't always happen. So how's that's that feeling, a, how's that feeling cool. right now. It's good. The clavicle yeah. is okay. It's good. It's a little funky for a while. It is, yeah. yeah. Getting used. I got the plate and the six screws, so that's the biggest thing. Is just having the hardware on there on your. Yeah. Getting used to all that. It doesn't. Little biking training accident, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Was, yeah. Flyers coach training of all things. Um, It happens. It happens. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and to maybe to get a quick idea of scope uh, for those of uh, folks not as familiar, how many? Let's talk total coaches and volunteers that are running the program and like a, cause I know your summer versus your fall versus spring are all kind of different packages there. But as far as like a fall and spring kind of typical um, flyers program, how many volunteers employees, like how was it taking to run? Yeah. Um, the volunteer number. So most of our coaches maybe in the 80 to 90% range are actually paid. Okay. Um, so they're paid coaches, which is kind of neat. Um, 
it's been we've always had a good relationship with any cycling club so it's kind of sure, been like yeah. a little nice gig for them for both of us um and then more recently we've had like junior high school coaches come on that nice. and now we're getting kids that have been in our program come back as coaches so it's like nice. this full circle which is super cool yeah so the majority of our coaches are paid and this year we're getting close to like 100 coaches wow yeah no and idea. total program wide oh, over the year like total registrations is getting very close to a thousand kids this year and each each season is kind of generally around a few hundred give or take so right now in the fall there will be a few hundred in our program close to that in summer in the spring and then we've got other things outside of that but okay yeah wow very very big growing from like what like two three adults and seven kids or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) massive every year it was just pretty exponential and now it's definitely um winding down it kind of had to just because of the numbers were getting so big and yeah. it's getting so hard to manage um which is good but gotcha gotcha yeah we were growing like first we were doubling and then we were growing at like only 50 percent okay yeah. <laughs> and this year might be like a 20 percent ish growth versus last year i think last year we were around like 800 or so gotcha so from so. a in the you know, non-profit management aspect of things it's it's getting to maybe more of a livable pace. <laughs> yes, for sure. Breathable pace. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're a nonprofit and a nonprofit organization and people might have different ideas of what that looks like, but really the space that we've been in with that astronomical growth, it's really like a startup. I mean, and you're kind oh, of yeah. figuring it out on the fly. At first it was like all me and then bringing in all yeah. these coaches. And now we have a staff of 400 coaches. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And what, um, just going back from that, because that's a lot from, and I love how we talked about that, from just like brainchild to actual conception. And and then here we are seven years later, right? That's, it's it's admirable in a lot of, you know, whether it's a business or a nonprofit, you know, anyone can brainstorm and everyone does, right? How many people yeah. write a little name on a napkin and think this would be awesome and then move on with their life versus like, you know, really making something happen. It's huge. Um, what would you say, looking behind you and then we'll look ahead. Uh, what would you say behind you was the biggest challenge? Um, oh, there's, there were so many to highlight. One would be most difficult because it was, or maybe a couple, two or three. Yeah. Challenges. I mean, there was such a big learning curve, right? Like I was a professional pilot. I was a commercial airline. pilot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so running a, you know, running a program like this, it's like the nonprofit side, the business side, just because of so much of it was foreign I think that would be the general theme in the biggest challenge was like everything was foreign. Yeah. Um, and how do I figure out the pieces of this? How do I take this idea and execute it? Um, and the risk model too. So after that first group of seven kids, the next year when we were like, okay, we can do all these other groups and make it more of a thing. Then we actually started an LLC to kind of like house the liability. And everyone we talked to was like, that's really cool. What you want to do sounds amazing, but here's all the risks and the liabilities. You're crazy for even thinking about doing this. Yeah. And so it was really, it's like overcoming that and the risk and the challenge and how do we keep kids safe? Sure. Um, I don't, I can't like just put my finger on anyone because it was all so foreign and it was all seemed like a lot really. Yeah. I mean, cause that is, that's the tough part. Right. And I guess it probably seems annoying, but rightly so of like just going out with a, you know, buddy and some, some of your kids and getting to go on a ride is one thing. But then when you're taking 
other people's kids out in an organized fashion and with the just the, the legality, the safety, the, all the cert types of certifications and trainings. And it's like, okay, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So yeah, I yeah. know as, as far as like, I was like, Oh, I send my kids out. Here's these coaches. It's great. And they go on a ride, but then having to go through on the coaching side and then getting, like even stepping through like the level one ACA hoops, it's like, Oh no, it's like, you know, kid safety and sports psychology and concussion and like, yeah, just yeah. To go on a bike and, ride, but it's important. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing is like, so we've got all these ideas of what, the, what this looks like or what we want to do and just putting together the organiz organizational structure, right? Yeah. To have that, to facilitate all those coaches, to make sure they're safe, to make sure they know what they're doing, all the trainings. Um, and for me, like since I have kids in other sports too, and being kind of um, very intentional about like, if we're going to do this and be another youth organization, like, and we already stand out as a mountain bike organization, we're already super different. How are we going to stand out in other ways? Like we want to be like very professional and some may or may not be the same way. Some like, you don't, you sign up and it starts in like a week and you still don't know what your schedule is going to be. Uh, you don't yeah. know when your kids are going to practice. And we're yeah. like, we're not none of that. We're like, they're going to know what they're signing up for. So try and run it as professional as we can so that yeah. we'll stand out that way too. Like when people think of flyers, it's like, man, they're very well organized and sure. maybe different. We're already different because we're mountain biking. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So just yeah. trying to be, figure out all those pieces and try to be very intentional about everything we do and very organized. I think that sounds cool, but actually putting that together is very challenging. Yeah, yeah. Still no. to this day, there's still because th there's still things that pop up that we're like, okay, how do we navigate this, or what do we do about this? And sure, well, yeah. And it's um, I mean, when you're talking about then, like between coaches and kids and youth, like over a thousand people that you're trying to get in some direction and manage locations and yeah. weather issues, and it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So and that's the heck, other thing. We're not, yeah, we're not in one space. Like we're not on a field all the time. Oh, yeah. We're managing, yeah. we're, some groups will go to like five or six different places throughout the, throughout the week. So seven years and no kids lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and what would you say then, like looking ahead, what do you think your greatest challenge is? Oh, that's a huge, that's a good question. Um, I think the greatest challenge is where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, Defining where you go. Really? Because, yeah, um, a lot of the kind of pie in the sky stuff that I, that we initially thought of, like we could probably look like this or do this. It really kind of led up to here. Like if you were to rewind the tape and I, because I looked at that Devo program and they're kind of around the same thing, hundred hundred coaches, a thousand kids and that, and it blew my mind. And I was like, wow, what if flyers could be there someday? Yeah. And so it was like putting all the wheels in motion, not necessarily to do that, but to kind of do it in the way that we did it organically, what made yeah. sense to grow in the right ways, et cetera. Um, but, and we put together a business plan and, and it really kind of led up to <laughs> the space where we are now. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing, really. Like, well, I think we still need to figure that out. Like, where do we go from here? What makes the most sure. sense from us? I think a lot of it is the school. We're finding, like, with the like the school programs, that's huge. It's just, and continuing to create access in more ways. Being in sure. more schools. We're going to do some learn-to-ride programs. 
Um, so that's kind of one of the biggest things I know for sure is fleshing out. And those programs, since they're all free and we need equipment, those cost money. So we get, we write a bunch of grants. And so those will be very involved if we want to grow a lot in that way. Yeah. Um, cause we have, you know, a lot of our traditional programs are fee for fee for service programs where we generate revenue, but then we've got all those other free programs where it takes grants and spawn our wonderful sponsors yeah, yeah, and, yeah individual donors to kind of step up and make those things happen. Sure. So if that's an area that we want to continue to grow in, it'll require more funding and more grants and more sponsors and more events and more community engagement yeah. and all those things. Yeah. And, and if you don't mind my asking on this, I mean, I should ask you before. I have, let's see. We can always edit it out if we need to. But from the base, from how much of flyers is ran through local sponsorship? So outside of the, the grants, the revenue generating activity, um, because this fee for service on some of the different activities that kids are in camps that kids are signing up for, how much is local sponsorship play into, um, to your program? Do you know, like a percentage? Yes. If we're talking sponsors alone, I'd probably say, um, maybe in the 10 to 15% range. Okay. It's, it's a good number. Yeah. Um, is it where you want it to be? Definitely. No, it, we would, I mean, I'd like it to be a little bit more. Sure. Um, and that's a tough thing too, is just to kind of bridge those. And that's why we're getting out this year too. We've um, getting out and doing more community events and getting more involved. And I think that'll yeah. help um, bring in some more community partners too. Yeah. Cause that's another thing that as a nonprofit, you know, a lot of nonprofits have all kinds of different events and different ways they, they engage the community. Sure. And since our bandwidth has always been just like, what can we do? Like, what can we pull off? We're always so limited. Yeah. Um, we specifically hired someone this year, a fundraising manager, to kind of help um, get those uh, more events and things that we wanted to do off the ground so we can engage with our – and just get some cool bike events out there, right? We had another one of the many ideas we had is just to have a whole bunch of cool bike events, not only our programs, but events that the whole community can be a part of. Yeah. Um, yeah, just did that. Well, and it was kind of your season launch slash film night, right? Yeah. And were you happy with the turnout? It seemed like there was a lot of folks there. There was. Yeah, it was a good turnout. Um, we've been doing like the kickoff to the season event, spring kickoff, fall kickoff now for a little bit. And this one, sometimes we like to get a little overzealous. And so this one, we did that by tagging that kickoff event on with like a movie night. Also, um, awareness fundraiser for the local uh ACA teams that yeah, are going to yeah. race in the ACA series and march their way towards the state championship. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was neat though. It was cool. There's so there's a good turnout on all sides and the teams were involved and we got to raise I think we raised over $1000 for the teams that will awesome. evenly distribute through the five teams. Yeah. Um the movie we had a little bit of some difficulties there that we'll have to kind of reset and see if we can we can go again with that one (laughs) yeah but the event itself i think was good i love it i mean the weather was looking like it may not even happen yeah and the clouds and the skies parted for our event so it was cool yeah no and just to see i mean we were there for until my kids expire pretty early so we didn't make the movie but it was uh um just great community right and and there's so many people i just love biking and you're running into like i have a bunch of professional partners that i'm running into it's like we all bike so we share that in common right so we yeah you know it's just like we have community together and we have recreation together it's just yeah flagstaff works really really well in that community aspect yeah yeah for sure and now i think that's the other the other kind of big space that we've changed is before there was uh 
the last few years, maybe not everyone knew about flyers. And sure. I was like, oh, there's still a lot of people that know about flyers. And I was kind of surprised. And now it's like less and less and less and less. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Getting out there. Yeah. Well, I have a fun, uh, um, really quick to uh, wrap on a couple of things. I have a fun deep dive to do with you here. What we, uh, we do with our guests sometimes, we uh, jam on your social media for a little bit and grab some pictures that you can maybe explain for us so we can get to know oh. Tyler and flyers a little bit better. So we got four pictures for you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, these, oh, the these are okay. <laughs> I had to dig not a little, just not flyers. super deep. You can, yeah, wow. We we're jumping on there. So, can you explain what's going on in this picture here? <laughs> um, well, that's me riding down the stairs, and that is my youngest kiddo. Actually, this nah, maybe now I'm trying. Ooh, I'm trying to think if this is the time frame. But that was yeah. my youngest. So, me riding down the stairs, and he's watching me. And those stairs are like. Oh, they're pretty steep. They're steep, and we got to the way into our house is up there. Those stairs drove me nuts. So I was kind of like captioning, like, "This is the only thing that I like about these stairs (laughs) that I can ride down them." (laughs) Nice. So I love that you're a little little bit of thrill seeker yourself on that, and and it's tight in there. There's walls on both sides. Like, yeah, that's technical props. Get in there, yeah. (laughs) Technical props. All right. I'm curious to know about this one more. So oh, yeah. I know a li- being involved with the program a little bit about this, but yeah, tell me about the Greg Nelson challenge. Um, how much time do we have left? <laughs> I mean, you could, so the great Greg Nelson's my dad. Um, and he, so the Greg Nelson challenge, that's at Snowbird Ski Resort. Um, okay. And so there used to be a, ra- a hill climb, like back in the early days of mountain bike racing, they used to do hill climbs. They didn't, didn't do them anymore because who wants to just climb up a hill and not go back down? Yeah. And you're just going <laughs> to be timed on the uphill. But that's what it was, just climb up the ski resort, um, like 3,000 foot climb in five miles. It's just brutal. Yeah. Um, on the cat track. Up to Hidden Peak. Yeah, yep. Um, so he did that every year and he was a mountain biker. Unfortunately, I wasn't a huge mountain biker when he was. Um, and then he got brain cancer and passed away. Um, and that spawned the Greg Nelson challenge. So he did it. I think the first year that they ever put it on, he was 40 and he was mountain biking and it was like, perfect, right? I'm going to test my vitality. I'm 40, you know, awesome thing to do. Um, and then he proceeded to do it every year for like 15 years or something crazy in a row um so then when he passed we all me and my sister that's my family there my sisters i have three sisters um we all kind of took it upon us and dedicated that we're gonna keep doing this ride in his honor um and we dubbed it the greg nelson challenge and proceeded proceeded to do it like seven years in a row okay first year we ever and it's like first year i did it i was maybe i was like just don't be last I was like <laughs> fourth or fifth to last okay. walking on big chunks of it. Cause yeah. it was steep and yeah, loose. Yeah. And my only goal was to like, I'm going to do this. Well, not my only goal. I'm a little more ambitious than that. Yeah. Was to ride the whole thing without walking. But then I also took it to the next level. I'm going to win this one year. Sure, Never sure. did win it, but I think I got like third or fourth place one year. And I definitely did the whole thing without putting my foot down. I so like it. you could say, yeah. And my, dad and everything that happened as a result of doing that race spawned the whole mountain biking thing for me and uh you could even go so far as to say maybe even flyers what it would it was the result sure. of all that as well so pretty it means it. a lot to me yeah. yeah i love it and then you continue to do a greg nelson challenge every year right with the flyers group right 
Yeah, there's, we put out like a little Greg Nelson challenge during COVID, like kind of choose your own was challenge. Just COVID? Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone like a virtual challenge when people were doing those things. Yeah. Choose your own challenge, and then we like to create some kind of challenge in that honor with like our middle school team and stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, for sure. Very cool. All right, next one. There's the kiddos. The family affair. Yeah. That was fun. Yep. So that's them at the on both on the middle school team last year at uh, one of the middle school races. That's Tarek is my older son who's on flag high now in the maroon there, and my younger son Keelan, um, in the green flyers jersey. I He's a it. soccer kid. He's an awesome mountain biker, but he kind of comes and goes on yeah. how much interested he is in uh, mountain biking. <laughs> so it, and, it, and that's what's kind of fun is, is seeing the motivation at least from the outsider perspective. There's there's some uh, pull and push. Impact yeah. here, right? Yeah. For so sure. that's cool. That's really, and really even cool. Tarek, like, yeah, it's 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 funny to see what they go through because mountain biking, it's not like some other sports where it's just all fun and games. It's like a, it's hard. Oh yeah, and it's hard for kids. And even thinking about it sometimes is it's hard. Like, oh, I'm gonna. That's hard. Like, yeah, and that's why I love it. But, um, yeah, so it's different for sure. And even Tarek, he was. Even like up until like a year or two ago, sometimes it'd be hard to get him to want to go on a ride with me. Sure. And now he's just super motivated, gets out there, rides on his own all the time. And it's That's really awesome. fun. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. And got last one here. The, uh, the Puente launch. Yeah. The Puente bike park. This was years in the making. The um, principal that was there a long time ago, pretty much right when we started Flyers, we, our kids both went to Puente. Okay. Um, and we were just talking about, he's like, oh, it'd be so cool to have some trails here. And yeah. that's like, was the initial vision. And they showed us all this wooded space behind their school that was fantastic. And once I walked around, I was like, oh, wow, this could be really neat. Yeah. <laughs> and so that idea was out there forever. And then there's actually a program that were uh, awesome. Another awesome not, uh, youth mountain bike program down in the Verde Valley okay. called Verde Valley Will Fun. Okay. They may have changed their name to Verde Valley Fun now. They uh, did a bike park with Matt Roberts of Flagline Trails, who's also a flyer sponsor out in Flagstaff. Okay. He, he kind of designed and built a bike park for them. And once I saw that, then the wheels really started spinning. And it was like, oh, if we could have something like this at Puente, um, it would be really cool. And so yeah. huge projects, a lot of things, pieces yeah. to figure out, money to raise, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, we did it. It's an awesome space now. Super um, cool space. It's really cool. And yeah, it's awesome. It's super accessible. The whole community can access it outside of school hours, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it's a great space for flyers and to run our programs and for coaches. Yep. Because it's everything, like, in terms of teaching skills, we can do the whole look through at Puente. Like, we could show them in a static environment. We could take it to, like, a skill feature that's at the park. And then we can even maybe take it on the trail because those are kind of the whole progression of the yep. ways you would teach skills. And we can do that entire progression at Puente. It's really cool. Love it. Major, major project, major accomplishment. It is a rad park. It was funny because I, we, uh, we're on the west side of town and we'd always go to the bike park over here, which is also rad. It's rad awesome that we have that resource as well. And then, uh, and as you'd gotten and Puente and everything uh, going and we were excited about it, but just hadn't actually ridden it with my kids. Yeah. And then, uh, and I'm sorry to say that I didn't write it until I started coaching last, <laughs> last season. And yeah. I was like, when we were there, I was like, 
And then my kids had wrote it too. And they're like, dad, we got to go back. So like the next Saturday, like we were back there, like watching them hit the drops and things. And so, yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. People haven't checked it out. They really should. Yeah. And it's different. It's so much different than traditional bike parks. This one was really built like for the beginner in mind, right? Yeah. So the young kiddos can jump on to a lot of that stuff early on and yep. have a blast and, and do the drop progression without giving up, get, getting overwhelmed yeah, yeah. or exactly. the flow trails. They can have super fun on the flow trail. Anyone can have fun on those flow trails. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. You don't need a lot of experience to get on them, but like I have a blast on those things. They're exactly. built them so well. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, I love it. Well, awesome. Tyler, well, any, uh, any closing thoughts that you have on flyers or getting that word out to the public? Um, I don't think so. It's just, it's our first week of flyers. So sometimes it's kind of takes people back when there's uh, some of the trailheads are like flooded with kids. Sure, so sure, sure. I'd say be patient with that. Yeah. They're all out there doing what, um, I think we all want to see them doing, which is get outside and stuff. So I say just get out and ride. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> thanks for coming, Tyler. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it.